once they decide who they're going to invite, they are responsible for that guest's experience. So that's why I say like you do need to be a little bit selfish on the guest list process because you and only you know what your budget is and if you're going to be able to make the guest experience for each guest worthwhile and invaluable because you know what your budget is. Welcome to the Plan Your Central Florida Wedding Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Schmidt, editor of Greater Orlando's top wedding publication, Orange Blossom Bride. I'm sure when you said yes, you had no idea you were jumping on this roller coaster that is wedding planning. The goal of this podcast is to make the wedding planning process less stressful and more fun. We'll provide you with great tips and ideas, along with expert advice from some of the area's top wedding pros. So let's get started planning your Central Florida wedding. A wedding celebration is just that, a celebration, one that you're going to want to share with your family and friends. Although it would be nice to have no limit on the number of guests you have at your wedding, the truth is is that you have a wedding budget and you are most likely going to have to limit the amount of guests that you have. In this episode, we are talking with Beth McIntyre of Your Favorite Day about creating your wedding guest list. Beth is the owner and lead planner of Your Favorite Day, a wedding planning company based in Central Florida. She specializes in month of planning and is passionate about empowering couples to plan their wedding and recognize their unique vision. So welcome, Beth. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Very excited to have you. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about something that, you know, creating your wedding guest list that I almost feel like when I say that I should input a little dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we really don't have to have it that way, right? That's no. what we're going to talk about today to make it a little bit easier. Yeah. I think it is one of those items in your planning journey that isn't quite as fun but there are ways to make it a little less stressful. Um, although one of those things, recognizing that it maybe is not the most fun item on your on your planning list, but um, we can get through it together and you can get through it with your partner. And even if you have your very first wedding planning, let's just call it a debate. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those things that may cause that. And uh, but there are a lot of solutions and there's a lot of things that you can do to make it a little less stressful. Well, and along with your wedding budget, it's really the first thing you want to do because it's going to determine a lot of things more, most importantly, which venue you choose, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it it doesn't have to be the very first thing you do because you want to go through that fun wedding inspiration phase. You know, I call it pin crazy. Um, but after when you really buckle down and you start to think about, like you said, your venue and what's next, one of the first things you do want to do is create the guest list. So I suggest starting with the biggest version you can possibly imagine where you are both uh, racking your brains to think who who are the people that we've always kind of thought when we think our wedding um, and just putting everybody down there. Like don't filter it. Don't start to worry about if it's too many, just put everybody down. Then you can create your own filters on that guest list. 
And um, just a disclaimer, I should say creating your guest list doesn't have to mean you're making a super small guest list. Um, it is fine to have a large wedding because some people that is part of their wedding vision. You know, um, some people, some couples both have large families and they can't imagine celebrating their day together without them. So it doesn't have to mean that you are cutting down your guest list to the bare minimum or that you're having a small intimate wedding. It's perfectly fine to have a large wedding, but you do need to recognize that more guests equals more expense. So on that note, if you create a few filters for yourself, uh, once you have the big list and that way you can start to narrow it down. Some of the, um, I will call them not controversial uh, filters that you can put on your list would be eliminating kids. A lot of people understand that. A lot of people understand that no kids is pretty common for your uh, wedding, for for a lot of weddings, for wedding invite lists. Um, And then you can also do no plus ones for anyone that you know that is not married or in a serious relationship. People tend to understand that. I don't think the day and age that we're in now, people expect the plus ones like maybe they did traditionally. So uh, both of those are really not needing a whole lot of explanation to everyone if you put those filters on your original big guest list. Now, there's a couple of ways to filter it down even further so that you have maybe a tighter list uh, before you shop for your venue. And some of these include maybe not including the spouses of, let's say, your work friends. They're probably people you've never met before. So are you really going to have people at your wedding that the first time they see you is when you walk down the aisle? Maybe not. Um, You know, maybe that work friend is important enough to you that you want them to have their spouse there. But you can create a fun reception table with just your work friends that already know each other. So Spouses and plus ones, even if they're married, aren't necessarily a given. Um, You can also get a little bit, um, you know, really, uh, really try to filter it down by seeing who you haven't really spoken or texted with um, in quite a while. Um, So you can look back and see besides maybe a congratulations on your engagement text, who haven't you really corresponded with? Maybe it's a college roommate that you always envisioned coming to your wedding, but really how much do you talk to them anymore? So really taking a fine look at, at those kind of, uh, those people, you know, and see like, do we just comment on social media or do we actually connect? Do we actually talk? Do we actually reach out and, um, and have longer conversations? I really love how you mentioned that about social media, because I think, you know, we're in an age where we just like and comment on people's stuff that maybe we worked with 10 years ago, but we just still kept in contact with them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we feel close enough with them to invite them to our wedding. So I love that point. Yeah, I mean, social media is great because it does tend to make us feel closer to those people that we haven't talked to in a long time. Um And sometimes those relationships can spark up a a deeper friendship where you do start calling each other or, you know, sending, you know, birthday gifts or, you know, emails or, you know, longer correspondence. But for the most part, it really tends to make us feel a little more connected to people that um, 
we, you know, we, we aren't that close to anymore. So um, you can kind of look at it that way. And then also look at a lot of times we look at who are the people from our past that we want to share in this celebration. But if you really look at it as who's going to be part of our future and our future together, um, that also helps because if it's someone like I, I keep using the college roommate, but it's just such a good example, you know, just someone that you had a lot in common with at one point, but do you really see like you and your new spouse maybe going on a trip with them in the future or getting your kids together or, you know, making any kind of plans that require a little bit extra effort? Um, then, you know, maybe, maybe they're not the right fit for your wedding guest list. Yeah. And with that point, I think there's, like you said, your college roommate, that is, that could be a totally different time of your life than the point that you're at now. Like everybody as human beings, we evolve and, you know, people come in and out of our life for different reasons. So that's a good point to uh, make because just because you knew them at one point and were close at one point doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to make that list in the long run. So yeah. And I think people are beginning to understand that for anyone that's ever planned a wedding will totally understand that you had to put some kind of filters on your guest list. Um, Whereas I feel like back in the day, if you didn't invite, you know, your great aunt Sally and your, um, you know, everyone from your from your your childhood neighbor. Um, And it was like, whoa, what are you thinking? But now I think people understand that couples want that special day. And yeah, they're going to spend a lot of money, but they also want money for things in the future, taking trips together, buying houses, you know, um, all of these things that I think people are a little more understanding, or they should be if they're not, (laughs) that this is the start of your life. You don't want to spend the rest of your life paying off your wedding day. Right. And and that's one of the things that I love about weddings today is they are so personalized and not that they don't honor traditions. Like there's always family traditions, mm-hmm. you know, that they want to incorporate and that kind of stuff, but they really want to make it a personal thing. And coming from a big Italian family, it was a big deal. Like you had to invite your great aunt Sally. Yeah, like that wasn't absolutely. even an option when mm-hmm. I got yeah, married. And Sally, so, Sally will be there. Like. Yeah. You may not have even met her before, but she's invited because mm-hmm. her kids invited you you know, to their wedding or something like that. So those types of things, I I love that people are, you know, it's getting normal that that's Mm -hmm. just how things are. So that's great when it, and that, that takes a lot of relief and stress off of when you're planning the guest list because nobody plans their wedding guest list with the intention of hurting people's feelings. I mean, that's not. Absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. Uh, So the thing is, if you have these different versions, don't finalize any of the different versions of your guest list yet. Just keep them in mind and then do the really, I think, one of the most fun planning items, which is shopping for your wedding venue. So when you go to these venues, take a look at the spaces that are available and see what which one matches and which one is making you really the most joyful and happy about your wedding. If it's a huge ballroom and you love it and you can see Aunt Sally there in the corner having a great time, (laughs) then go for it. But if you see something that really does have a smaller intimate or maybe, you know, like in the mid range feel um, where you can see, like I said, a table of your coworkers having a great time, or you can see, um, you know, a little, a small table of your childhood friends (laughs) and that's, that's good too. But if you see a space that you like and it makes sense with 
the guests that you were thinking of, then that's a good sign. And then you can always say, like you said, to kind of explain it, if anyone seems offended, be like, look, we found this venue. We love it. There's only 75 people that we can fit in there comfortably. So we really had to take a look at our guests and see, you know, how we were going to plan this celebration the best for everyone. And to have, you've done your footwork ahead of time with getting your primary list before you go. So if you mm-hmm. can make adjustments, because a lot of venues will have different spaces too. So maybe yeah. if you love the venue and you want to have it outside, just because the inside part can't accommodate, you know, what yeah. you really wanted at your wedding, you can make those adjustments that yeah, way. Yeah. If you let your venue dictate it a little bit, then, I mean, honestly, no one can fault you for going with the space that you love and then using the amount of guests that makes sense for that space. And then also, um, when you're at your venue, um, some venues, you know, they do their own food and beverage, so they can give you all that information up front, um, to kind of do the math when you're there and when you're taking a look back after you've left the venue and you love it and you're trying to figure out if it works financially. Um, if your venue doesn't offer catering at the uh, on site, then I would suggest also asking for their um, preferred caterer vendors that they work with, reaching out to them and getting some sample menus because you have to have some idea of what it's going to cost per head food and beverage wise um, to continue to see if it's going to work with your budget. In the end, the budget and I'm sorry, the venue and the catering, really your guest lists will determine in your budget how much room you had for other things. So, I mean, the catering is one of the most expensive parts along with your budget. So that's, that is really important to get that all squared away. When I'm working with couples, I always tell them that, you know, kind of fortunately and unfortunately for them, they are now wedding planners, whether they thought that they were going to be or not. And, um, they also have a full-time job. So, that's hard because now they're doing both. Um, but that's why we're here to help. But the reason I call them, you know, tell them that they have that job is because they are responsible. Once they decide who they're going to invite, they are responsible for that guest's experience. So that's why I say like, you do need to be a little bit selfish on the guest list process because you and only you know what your budget is. And if you're going to be able to make the guest experience for each guest, um, worthwhile and invaluable because you know what your budget is and you can do that math. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when we're talking about working with the guest list, so let's say we've, we've squared it away. You know, we, we know who we're inviting. Um, how do we work with that guest list? Yeah. So there are so many tools that you can use for this now, which is a also great about the time that we're in. So I would say don't just start creating an Excel spreadsheet from scratch unless you are an Excel wizard um, because you're going to want to make it functional for a lot of different um, reasons throughout your planning process. So I would suggest finding a smart place to create your guest list. And some of those ways um, to find those, you can find Excel spreadsheet templates online for you know, not a very expensive cost. Um, there's also online wedding platforms that offer um, a compiling your guest list as part of one of their tools. And some of them have extended capabilities. If you upgrade, you know, to a certain 
level or you know you go you go pro or whatever it is on the the website but really take a look at those functions because you are going to want that list to be able to do a lot of things for you some of those things is you want to be able to actually put in the addresses you want to be able to track your rsvps through that list you also want to have some sort of column and way to assign um, meal preferences and allergies particularly if you have um, a plated dinner that you're going to be getting responses back from your guests. So you want an easy way to indicate which um, meal they chose. And then also from there, how do you assign the tables and seats? Um, so you're going to want to have some sort of column and a way to sort it so that once you assign them to a table, you can assort it by, oh, who's at table one, who's at table two. So take a look around to see what, um, you know, like I said, what kind of spreadsheet templates um, or software online planning platforms there are, because that's going to make things a lot easier down the line when your venue says, okay, can you give me a breakdown of who's at what table and which meal they've chosen? <laughs> so uh, if you start from the beginning, then you're not creating 10 Excel spreadsheets that are all different and don't work and talk to each other throughout the process, because that can get really frustrating and very confusing too. So the less confusing and more streamlined it is, the less room for error when it comes to the day of and the venue and the catering and all of that. So I use a program called Aisle Planner with my clients that does all of these functions. And uh, I'm able to sort by, like I said, like table, by last name, by I'm able to drag and drop them into the layout of the, the diagram. So that's a tool that I use and I give um, my clients uh, access to that early on so that a month before we have a really easy time trying to do all of those last minute things. Well, and I know you're really big on the organization, which is great. And yes. that's why, you know, when you're creating your guest list, you're still that guest list. When you get your RSVPs and all that final list is done, you send it to your caterer. You're going to have to make your layouts because even if you have a buffet, you still want to have some type of seating arrangement going on there. Yes. Yeah. It's I am really big on assigned seating. I know a lot of people. It's kind of, I've noticed a little trend towards letting things be a little bit more organic or sit at long, you know, long um, king's tables or, uh, you know, just long family style tables and let everybody kind of go where they want. But, um, and this is a little off topic, but I really do think that people appreciate kind of being told where you envision them sitting. Um, that way they don't end up standing around like, you know, awkward middle schoolers at the cafeteria <laughs> at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and then a uh, bonus, you get to make a really pretty seating chart that goes with the rest of your wedding. Yes. I'll, your wedding planner can help you make um, a nice organized seating chart. Sometimes your venue will be the one to give you a, a diagram template that shows the correct dimensions of their space. And then you can work with that, you know, on top of that to assign seats. Um, there are also some online platforms with really um, great free, uh, you know, trials and programs that you can make beautiful seating charts um, and even put details in like the place settings. And, you know, you can 
make sure that everything is going to look good in the room. So um, there's a lot of things that you can do from from that point. And then you get a full picture of what your reception room is going to look like. So are there any last tips that you can give couples when it comes to creating their guest list? Yeah, I I think I already touched on how, you know, you're responsible for, you know, your guest experience. So like I said, it's okay to be a little, um, you know, take a little bit of time with the guest list and also really be patient with yourself and your partner. Like I said at the beginning, this is one of those tricky things. And for some reason, the guest list, I mean, when you're talking about family and you'll think of, you know, family dramas that you don't want to think about or that you (laughs) really don't want to get involved in and all of that stuff and those emotions, because those are emotional things, they all tend to like come up when you're doing this about the guest list. So like I said, start out, I mean, take breaks if you need to, don't plan it all in one night. Like we're going to do the guest list tonight, you know, kind of make it an ongoing thing that you can refine. Like I said, after you find your venue, you can really fine tune it and decide what you're comfortable with and what's going to be best for you. And there is no right or wrong answer. So do what's best for you. Now, if couples would like to get in contact with you, how can they find you? Yeah. So our website is www.yourfavoriteday.com and Instagram and Facebook are a little trickier. It's your fave day FL. So Y-O-U-R-F-A-V-D-A-Y-F-L. And uh, so we have Instagram, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel now, Your Favorite Day Wedding Planning, where we have um, some fun other tips and tricks um, as far as making your wedding planning fun. And then we also have interviews with couples who have already planned their wedding and they have advice directly from themselves to newly engaged couples. Yes. Their wedding or their YouTube channel is great. You need to check that out. You're doing really great with that, Beth. I love it. Thank you. It's super fun. I love reconnecting with couples that can look back at their wedding now and they have, you know, they think about things a little bit differently and they have things to offer new couples that it's just different than coming from a professional, you know, it's a different perspective and I love being able to give that to couples. Yeah. And there, I'd highly suggest checking those out for all of our couples listening. Um, but I do love them too, because they get a little bit of time away from the wedding planning and they can reflect a little better. And I think when you're in it, you don't get that as much, you know, cause you're so deep in it. So it's such a great, yeah, great resource for couples. So, well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Of course. You know, I like to talk <laughs> and we love talking <laughs> to you, Beth. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Planner Central Florida Wedding Podcast. For more Orlando wedding inspiration and tips, head on over to orangeblossombride.com. And if you're looking for amazing wedding pros to help bring your wedding day together, make sure to check out our wedding vendor directory. Until next time, happy planning.